Hi, we're here today to tell you about how amazing Viking Strong Resistance Bands are. They can be found at our website. Now, let's describe them. They are stretchy and they are squishy. They can be used for many different exercises. Yes, Viking Strong Resistance Bands are used to do more challenging squats, arm stretches, and much more. You can stretch them a lot. Please check out Viking Strong Resistance Bands on our website, www.wildernesslaw.us. When being strong isn't enough, be Viking Strong! There you go. Tristan, you want to read your commercial you wrote? It's good. All items at the Indian Mound Farmer's Market are from local sources. It's also a place to meet some really nice and fun people and bond as a community. It's fresh. All the delicious things at the market are items local farmers bring in from this season's harvest. Awesome products like eggs, pickles, they're the only pickles we buy, honey from Jackass Honey Farms, and jellies and jams. It's fun. They have arts and crafts, fashion accessories, and helicopter watch. Yeah, come on out to Liberty Hill, Texas, and check out Indian Mound Ranch Farmer's Market. Welcome to Season 3 of the Wilderness Law Podcast. Yay! Today's podcast. Me too. No, I'm the secretary. Yeah, just draw. you get to draw pictures. Yeah, you can be the artist. I just want to draw. That's all I want to do. Like in uh, big, like in court cases, they always have a what is it? A stenographer who is uh, ri- writing down what everybody says, and they also have a courtroom artist who draws pictures of what everyone's doing. So, do you um, want to do that? No. You don't have to draw what we're doing. You can draw whatever as long as it's related to the podcast. Although it's weird that you're doing it with a blue highlighter. I want to. Anyway, let's get into the podcast. Today we will be talking about... Hold on, you're blowing the mic up. I don't know why. Oh, sorry. Miliana. I always Hey, look at me. You can't be right on top of it. Get a little bit of distance. Today we will be... Man, I signed us in. No. Yeah, let Josie sign us in. Road. Welcome to the wilderness. Hey, do it like a circus. Welcome to the wilderness love podcast. <laughs> now I'm going to do Dracula. Okay. For. <laughs> no. Welcome. Welcome to the Wilderness Law Podcast, featuring Tristan Law, <laughs> whatever, Marion Law. I will be your secretary tonight, thank you. Shut up. Your host, Lane Law. Shut up. Quit telling her to shut up. Marion, stop interrupting. Okay. Uh, and me, Josie. There you go. Done. Crazy. <laughs> All right, so let's continue our conversation about conservation. But yes, 
Marion will be the secretary. And I'm just going to draw whatever I want that's including to the podcast. So, good luck with that. She's our court artist. Good luck with that. Hmm. Okay. Alright, so we're going to... This one... I like eating lights. So. We're going to do research. Oh, oh, oh on okay. On this one and so you're going to write down what we find. It's called the It's called the Wilderness Law Fantasy Con- Conservation Project. That is right. And we're going to talk about some of the stuff we talked about last. Like we came up with some stuff we're not sure. So I when I edited last week's podcast, I kind of wrote down what we came up with. Daddy? Yes, ma'am. I have a question for next week's podcast. Um, can can we do another game show one? Can we do another game show one? Mm-hmm. We'll see if oh, I remember. We we did a game show one that just came out. Yeah, that's true. I want another game show. Oh, I saw something interesting, an update on the um, uh, caribou. So there's another herd north of there that was down to 16 animals last year or something like that. And it's down to four this year, three of which are bulls and one's a cow. And so they're talking about trying to push them together. And mix them into being one herd. Because there's two left, right? On the other three. 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 On the other. Is my is my mic good? It sounds weird. Talk at me. Uh, no, that's just your voice. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's all cracking. We gotta hurry this up. We don't have much time. I gotta go to piano class. By the way, guys, I have started piano class. Yeah, we've we talked, talked about, about that. it on the podcast. We don't really care. You have a recital coming up. Yeah. All right. I do too for ballet. Uh, thank you to the girl who would, who is singing with me. I forgot her name, and I'm not going to. So, just I'm just thanking you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um. Whooping cranes. Talk about them. Whooping cranes, if you don't know, is a type of crane that makes a whooping sound, surprisingly. And it's like whoop, like, yeah. a, like a sort of doppler yeah. kind of. Is it a W-H or just a W-O-O? W-H. O-O, W-H-O-O. Um, last year, or the year, couple years ago, there was only like 130-something left. And this year, there are 360 so they've doubled in size, which is good, and they're insanely endangered. They're one of the most endangered birds in North America, um, and surprisingly, they nest in the, uh, what, Port Aransas. Port Aransas. And I wonder if their breeding grounds were messed up by Harvey. Okay. Alright, the first thing I have on my list is sage grouse. Sage grouse. I do want to get into the whooping crane stuff, but I want to get into it in more detail on its own podcast. Yeah, these whooping cranes are cool. 
Yeah, they are. We could also do an episode yes. about sandhill cranes. Write down sage grouse on your pay, pay, paper, Miss uh, Secretary, Madam Secretary. What am I supposed so to do? So far, I have an area to write down stuff about whooping cranes. Don't worry about whooping cranes. That's not part of our project. Okay. Sage grouse is. Maybe. We need to see if sage grouse is. Um, what's that might be a future. What does that look like? What? Sage grouse? S A G E. No, look like. Um, like. Oh, it looks like. What's a... right there? Right here. That guy. Mm. He's got like a militarized turkey fan on his butt. And then he's got a big I old thought sage grouse was a plant. Breast. Nope. Sage is a plant. And sage grouse, grouse are native to sage habitat, and so are mule deer. So when Tristan suggested sage grouse last year, last week, I thought he was probably right. Usually if you can, when you talk about... Is this good? Yep. When you talk about pronghorn and mule deer, which we're trying to help out in West Texas... You usually can say, if we help sage grouse pop uh, habitat, we'll be helping pronghorn and mule deer habitat because it's the same, right? Normally that's the case. But I'm on the website of the Sage Grouse in Initiative, and the only mention of Texas I see at all had to do with the lesser prairie chicken, which are related to sage grouse but are not sage grouse. So, I think we need to change sage grouse to lesser prairie chicken. Remember, I talked about prairie chickens in that episode. I Last week? Yeah. Okay, I believe you. I remember looking I it remember. up. I remember. So, yeah. I just sage grouse So, there's two species of sage grouse, normal, like straight up sage gunnison and greater. Okay, so I wonder where the gunnison live. Like the sage grouse, lesser prairie chickens rely on large prairie and steppe landscape. Lesser prairie chicken today inhabits limited areas in five states: Colorado, Kansas, New Mexico, Oklahoma, and Tejas. Can I have a picture of the whatever it's called? Where we chicken? What the grouse? Oh, this is it right here. I can't see that big. <sighs> Just, they just look like the sage grouse, but they got an orange thing instead of a white thing. And it's smaller. It's like little sacks. Okay, so remove sage grouse from our list for now and put prairie chicken on the list, okay? No, that's what the note you need to put under your sage grouse section. Oh. Okay? You put a sage grouse section on your paperwork, and the note needs to be that we need to... Not have sage grouse, which you could abbreviate as SG, right? And we need to put prairie chicken in its place. Joji Joe, this. I need to stop doing so much visual stuff. It's really obnoxious on the podcast. Listen to it. Okay. So. Sage, uh, so that's the first one. So I wonder I what that episode about Onyx maps that when we looked at the map was like. Oh, that one's cool. Horrible. It wasn't great though. We definitely need to work on 
like simplifying our descriptions of what we're doing. Getting more expedient. Let's range wide conservation plan. That is not Texas. Western Association. Okay, anyways. All right. So, sage habitat. Well, okay. So, this is lush prairie chicken. So, that, that's a Yano Estacado. That's more North Texas. Uh, no, it's the Panhandle. North Texas is... What we call North Texas is Dallas. Even though the Panhandle juts further north... It's called the Panhandle, and this is called North Texas. I see part of Texas. Yep. The Panhandle is the part you see. But when, remember, we're listening to that book about Comanches? This is the Llano Estacado. And they actually recently found the big, what they're saying is the biggest oil uh, find in history, right down kind of at the southern. Daddy? Tip of the Yano. Daddy, what? what's that cross? What cross? Down. Here? That's a compass yeah. rose, Josie. That's yeah, telling you what's north, south, east, and west. Your mother needs to learn how to use one of those. <laughs> All right. I don't know what to write. So far on, so far on my notes for uh, sage grouse, yeah. I have sage grouse. Live in sage habitat and no SG add prairie chickens. Yep. Okay, so I guess some of West Texas is what you'd call sage habitat. Um, if you ask me another visual question, it's we're gonna have a problem. I'm going to ask if the prairie chicken's tail is the same spike as the... I just had a picture up, Josie. That's a visual question. Stop asking visual questions. Josie, you can stop drawing and like... Uh, no, she wants to draw. She can draw. Just start asking questions that actually help the podcast. Okay. So let's talk about elk. Make a section for elk. Pitch out ideas on what we could do for elk. Sorry, I'm trying not to Concer- sneeze. To add elk to our conservation project. So, what? What's the first step, Tristan? You know it. Uh, get the state to recognize them as a native animal. As a yeah, and regulate them like they do deer or whatever. So, put elk and then put a one and a period and regulation. As a note? Yeah. Or a class, or you could call it, say it, classify it as a game animal. Because right now in Texas, elk are not classified as game animal. Which is, which is so weird. Does it classify or does it not? We need to cla- reclassify them as game animals in, in the state of Texas. Or all of this is for not the elk part of it anyways. I mean, benefit, you know, doing what we could to build up pronghorn, well, mule deer more than pronghorn, mule deer habitat and everything, that would help the elk and the bighorn sheep that are out there. That's definitely a big, you know, 
a bigger push, it seems like, uh, for West Texas conservation efforts is the bighorn sheep. But I know Texas Parks and Wildlife is focusing big time on pronghorn. Um, and then my, uh, what else? So once, let's assume we we got them regulated as game animals tomorrow. So the way we would do that, we would have to like petition and get people involved and lawyers and stuff. And we'd have to go, they do uh We'd have to talk to senators and stuff like that. We'd have to wear suits. It might be a cool 4-H thing. What if me and Josie? Yeah, like it'd be cool if like a ton of 4-H kids showed up like, you know, at state capitol with, you know, like literature on why we should classify elk as a game animal. Something like that. Would me and Josie have to um, wear suits? You would have to dress nice, professional, like professionals. I know. Maybe like a four like H t-shirt. Like a hitman. Yeah. Because that's what Josie really is. It's just a little hitman. Yeah. Uh, you could get. Um, Josie's like a badger, but more vicious. Mm. It's like a wear badger. Okay, my thing. We could wear Leslie Nope suits. Yeah, that that would be work very well Pet actually. Uh, even though most of her suits are references to Hillary Clinton. His Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Uh, but you know, whatever. Hillary Clinton's how she dressed got her husband elected to be president of the United States twice, and she was Secretary of State, and she was a senator for the state of New York, and almost president. Almost president a couple of times. Um, well, I guess she was almost president once and then almost nominated for president a couple of times. Anyways, alright, so elk regulation. And that would be the big thing was we'd have to go to the Capitol, talk to politicians. Because it's at the political level right now. It's not at the Texas Parks and Wildlife. Now we could go to Texas Parks and Wildlife personnel for advice. But, of course, because that might expand their budget. What is the presence of, what is the difference between being president and being, uh, what's the word? Nominated? Yeah. Not, so, a nomination is from your party. So, if you were a member of the Republican Party, you know, Donald Trump is a member of the Republican Party. He's definitely not a Republican, even though people like to pretend he is. Um, uh in any way shape or form but he is a current member and currently because he is president he is technically the leader of the republican party um for what that's worth so when before so like say in two years right uh it's going to be that donald trump the nearing donald trump's term uh, first term as president Right, so he will almost automatically get the nomination from the Republican Party, although that's not a hundred percent. He will get the nomination from the Republican Party to run for the next term as president, and the Democrats will nominate somebody else, like Hillary Clinton. Right? It probably won't be Hillary Clinton. 
but somebody it'll probably be Joe Biden, honestly. And uh, but that just means he's nominated to run for president, and then it'll be you know in that scenario it would be Donald Trump versus Joe Biden to get votes from the American people to decide who gets to be president. There are a bunch of other parties too, but they're all smaller. I thought that's what it was. Okay. Contribute. Don't give me that look. I don't care. You can everybody else is participating and you're not. That's on you. We're talking about cool stuff. We're just talking about saving animals. Really cool animals. I like your elk. You wrote that really well. It looks neat. Your lettering. Alright. So what would we do with 4-H? What would we do with 4-H? Oh, so I was just saying, putting, out, putting that out there as an option. Like maybe, you know, if we got a bunch of 4-H kids that were interested in elk being regulated by Texas Parks and Wildlife the same way deer are you could get a ton of 4-H kids to dress up in their 4-H finest and go to the capital and petition the government to regulate elk because right now if someone saw let's say that there are a thousand elk in Texas at this very second and there's some, more than that and Let's just theoretical. Let's say say five thousand. Five thousand. So, Marion, let's say five. Somebody, this is gonna be really silly, but just to explain to Marion, imagine that somebody has a rocket launcher, Marion, and they see five thousand elk, and they can kill every single one of those elk and not get in trouble. They might get in trouble for having a rocket launcher, but if it's their property, they wouldn't. Really? Yeah. Mm, that's cool. If, as long as they legally own it or whatever. But yeah, like you could kill them with a tank or tannerite or dynamite as long as you legally own the tannerite or the dynamite. And the land. And the land. <clears throat> and that's an issue in Texas too is like where they all, I mean, you know, Texas has so much private land. There's uh, um, access is interesting. But... I'd like to see us do something kind of like New Mexico does. Where I guess we do to some extent, but uh, we're like Texas Parks and Wildlife negotiates with landowners. Uh, I guess we do that with pronghorn to some extent, uh, but I ain't never drawn one of those tags, so I couldn't tell you how it works. <clears throat> we talked about the ringtail, I guess. I don't think we need to do anything with the ringtail from the video I watched. It sounded like sounds like, like there's plenty of them. They're right? they're rare because they're just they're, they're rare to rare. see. They've always been rare. They're yeah. just rare to see because they're nocturnal and they're yep. scary. Not scary, but they're scared of everything. Bears. I would definitely like to see bears show back up. Um, and here is what I'm saying is the number one conservation practice that needs to happen in Texas. Not just West Texas, but Texas, all over Texas, is hog control. And right now, we ain't doing it. Where the way the laws work out and the lack of enforcement of laws, even though I'm not, and I'm not saying it's easy to enforce, 
but it we're scattering them more than we're killing them. Like we're just not hurting their numbers at all. But hogs are destroying habitat for native animals. Period. We need to do more trapping because trapping is the only way we can do it. It seems like that but sounds like the only way to put a dent in their population. I would like to get like an expert in that on the podcast, like somebody like a biologist uh, from Parks and Wildlife, um, to talk about that. We we watched a video about hog trapping in Ag. Yeah, I mean, and we'd seen that guy on Meteor and listened to the podcast with him. Josie, what would you think about trapping hogs? Do you think it's a more effective way to kill them than killing them from a helicopter? Okay, so check this out. I know I didn't expect you to know this, but I'm going to tell I, can you. Can I? Can I? Yeah, Tristan, do so, it. So, Jesse, so... Pay attention to your brother. He's going to tell you some interesting information. When you trap hogs, it's not going to scare the others away. But if you... Let's say that... This is going to get weird again. Let's say that somebody was in a helicopter and they started shooting at you. What would you do? Run and shoot back. Well, you don't have a gun. Run. And you imagine that there's like 50 of you and you're all in one pack. Um, I, we would huddle up and I would say let's run and we would do it. And then you would all scatter, right? Because you don't want to stay one big target. You would all scatter. So that's what's happening with hawks. And so when somebody flies over with a helicopter and starts shooting at them, they're like, oh, we need to split up, guys. And so they all go. So let's say that there's one area of land that has hogs on it, right? And then somebody flies in it with a helicopter and starts shooting at them. And then those areas get affected, and they start repopulating those. And then, So really, if it just starts in one central area, it can keep spreading and spreading and spreading because the hogs are getting freaked out and running and spreading. Right, Steven? Yes. Okay, I explained that pretty good. Yeah, you did. Oh, put that in the wrong spot. Alright. So, does that all make sense, Jojo? So if I were to ask you to repeat it to me, why is hunting hogs from a helicopter a problem? Um, because they're running away. And they scatter and just build, instead of having one population you have 13 all of a sudden and in a couple of years they'll be big because they what they drop two litters a year at least two litters a year i heard like one time there was like one year there was like bad popu hog population so they started dropping like three yeah that makes sense and uh so we want rid of hogs because they are not what Mary josie Marion, hogs are not what why do we want to get rid of them? Because they're tearing up. Well, they're not. Property. And they are tearing up property. But what are. They are not. What to this landscape? Native? That's right. Europeans brought them over. And they're destroying everything. Have you seen that video of that guy, lady in Russia get killed by that hog? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> it is. I mean. I mean, it's sad, but it's, it's interesting. Like they, it's really weird. Because they just, like freak out and they don't really do anything to help each other yeah yeah that's weird um yeah so we need to hurt them and right now the laws are you can do anything and everything to kill a hog right which is cool i like that but 
they came up with this helicopter thing where they're shooting hogs from helicopters and it scatters them like we said now and that sounds great and all except that here's the other side of that so they they scatter populations and that's bad but also landowners make a ton of money selling those helicopter hunts so there are definitely landowners who might have wanted to get rid of hogs before but now are making so much money off of hogs being around that they are illegally bringing hogs onto their property to sell the hunts right so that's building up the hog population instead of controlling it yeah what i think we need to do is like like put regulations on it like more heavy regulations yeah there are regulations it's the same thing with like guns it's laws that aren't enforced and and if a game warden found out about that or whoever cop they would do something about it it's just really hard to know without like setting up a sting operation on somebody's property which of course this texas it's hard to set up a sting operation on somebody's property but then we should also like after we get like us like state needs to do something about like regulating them better and like keeping uh, eyes on hog like seeing if like a farmer who's never bought hogs before is like buying like a hundred hogs all mm-hmm. of a sudden while they're also about to have a helicopter event or helicopter hunt again event well that's the thing it wouldn't be how would you know that they're about to buy some unless you were watching that one farmer can't do that. You just look at their taxes. If they buy them. And that's some like George Orwell 1984 stuff. We need to call the what's the governor's name? Oh, Abbott. Greg Abbott. We need to call Greg Abbott. Well, yeah, that's a good plan. I knew it. I would st- start with stopping Tristan from being I caught it all. That. I would start with a senator, right? Who's a senator? What's a senator? Senator's lower level. So senators are the guys that normally introduce bills, which this, I think, would have to be a bill. So you talk, there's the Senate and the House of Representatives in Texas. There's a federal one, too, but Texas kind of bases theirs off of that. So you could talk to a senator, stop. Or you could talk to a representative. Either one could... Uh, present a bill or a resolution that lists elk as a regulated game animal, game species, right? Mm-hmm. And I think they put them up every year and get knocked down. We need to see. I think there's one going up the next session. We need to see. Or maybe it did last session and didn't get pushed through. <clears throat> so if there's already a bill, we could go you know, look at that bill and we could send emails and and phone calls and da, 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 to uh, the appropriate senators or representatives and or representatives and the governor and stop that you're making noise on the mic and get them to help us make that bill pass the bill right to get it make 
pass it into law. And so if the House wrote a, wrote the bill, then they would pass it, and it would go to the Senate, and they would pass it, and then the governor would pass it. And all three, then it's a law, right? Or if the Senate wrote it, they would pass it, then the House would pass it, then the governor would pass it. A uh, governor could also write a bill, but I think that's pretty rare. Would the governor give give the bill to um, the president? Uh, no, because that's federal. That's not Texas. That's the United States. Now, the governor could help federal uh, stop senators and representatives author a bill. That happens a lot. Uh, but he couldn't actually author it himself. He wouldn't. He's not uh, a national level representative. He's just the boss of the state of Texas. Well, the government of the state of Texas. And uh, I wasn't done with my thing. But right. we need to like keep a better eye on regulate somehow the hog trade and also encourage trapping. Because, because trapping, well, that's, oh, trappers can make money off of trapping mm-hmm. instead of hella gunners because, or hella. I would like to see events. more um, bounties on hogs. Yeah, and this is money. We're talking about the state needing more money. Although I read it, uh, start. I still haven't gotten to read the article, but I saw a headline about the, uh, not Dingle Johnson, but the other one. Uh, crap, the one where. Wildlife agencies get money from uh, gun sales. Whatever it was. Anyways, uh, and I think from the headline, I think it means they're about to start getting more money off of gun sales. But, but um, so, so... Stop. So that money could be turned into bounties and... Something a program I'd like to see, and I saw something about a grant program. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it would look like. Maybe a grant program is the right way to go. I'd have to, we'd have to research. But pay attention. I am paying. I am paying You're attention. You're staring blankly into the. I was, I was ether. looking at something. And um, the ether. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, but, but it's subsidized, the way to subsidize traps to, uh, like, if you want to support, if you want to support trapping as the best way to control hog populations, get Texas Parks and Wildlife to uh, help ranchers and whoever with trapping. So it'd be cool to have some kind of statewide hog trapping program like a school program like where you build That'd hog traps cool. yeah ag and, departments and stuff yeah like in get the ag, them involved and like give them more money if they build a hog traps yeah like give the school more money or like um give uh far uh landowners x number of dollars for each uh trap they own yeah. every month like if they own like let's say they get for every trap they get five dollars. Yeah. And they have thirty traps. And every month you get fifteen hundred dollars or Yeah, not, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not listening to your math at all. 
$1,500. Yeah. $1, yeah, no, I didn't think that sounded right, but I wasn't paying attention um, to that part of it. But yeah, stuff like that. Or like, uh, you know, at county fairs, uh, they do, you know, FFA and 4-H kids. You know, they can show animals. Like y'all have talked, girls, y'all have talked about showing rabbits. There are also projects, welding projects, where you make stuff out of metal. And a lot of times guys might make hog traps. They also sometimes make ornamental gates or uh the uh what do you call them the push guards cow, cattle guards that go on the front of trucks um stuff like that just you know and they'll put it in there and it's like an art project almost but it's functional so you i could see something like texas like maybe texas parks and wildlife foundation as opposed to the state department the foundation could do something where it goes and maybe not i don't know so those get i think they get bid on and like so the kid can make a lot of money off of it i don't know about takes parts and wildlife foundation or anything like that like bidding on it and buying it but they could there could be something where they inject you know they say whoever wins will do X percentage on top of that for building a project that helps, you know, wildlife in Texas, right? Helps conservation. Efforts. And maybe even like get, um, in like places like Balcones, yep. where it's like state or that's national, but that's that's national, right? Federal, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's federal reserve because of those golden cheek warblers. Yeah, but on state... Which, which is a golden cheek warbler. She's a red cheek warbler. <laughs> but um, maybe, like, put more... Marion, you're supposed to be writing all this down, secretary. I dropped my paper. Get it! Maybe, like, pay... Like, maybe you can, like, pay welders to weld things for the state. Like, traps and put them in... No. Well, I mean, they'd just be selling their trap like normal. So if you subsidize, yeah, yeah. some of that money would go to them. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I do think that's one of the... So, like, getting rid of goat panel, goat paneling in West Texas. Um, of course, tracking populations, testing for chronic wasting disease. Oh, I'm going to... Marion, write this down. The make a new list. Get her a piece of paper. She could just write on the back. Okay, write on that one. Or she could write on the back. No. On the back I have something else. Yeah, alright. Write it down. So this is where you you wrote kind of the big everything that we've said and we're gonna simplify it. Okay. And we're gonna put numbers. But it's not really a priority thing necessarily. We might have another podcast where we prioritize. But okay, uh, number one, get. Uh, let's see. Get rid of goat paneling. But I really think the priority of our thing is hog control. Well, that's going to be step three. Step two, and I'm saying step. It's not actually steps, but it's just 
number two on a list we're putting together is make elk classify elk as game number three Josie, what's number three? I don't think she was listening. Do you know what number three is? Hog control. There you go. Yeah, I'm tired, dude. It's been a long week, and it's only half over. But tomorrow night, what are we doing? Fletch. Watching Avengers. I thought it, I thought it was Friday. I hold you. Well, it's a midnight show tomorrow night. So it's oh, I'm going to cry. Oh, Why? So me and because just... school is going to suck on Friday. So me and huh. So and that's when we usually have I gotta to work, so. Huh? So, so me and Man will get to watch it. You will, but not. To, on a, y'all aren't old enough for midnight movies. Is it right. an IMAX or. But I will definitely take you to see it. No, normal movie theater. Um, where? Here. The. Cin- just really? a normal cin- cinema. I yeah. didn't know they did midnight showings. Uh, special movie. Dad. Ready? Ready for number four? Alright, let's see. What were our other ones? I'm going to end with the Magabo. The one that is the most controversial. Prairie chickens? No, and the one that is very important to me. But will tick a lot of, I guess, Republicans. Party line Republicans off. What, Jojo? I have a question. Say it in the mic. Um, oh, when you think me and Man, can we go to that place with the restaurant and the movie theater? Like, I like that place. Maybe. We'll see. Their food's not very good anymore. Good okay, so is number four Prairie Chickens? No. Uh, they're, I think Prairie Chickens are just kind of rolled up into the other ones, I think. We could do Prairie Chickens question mark. Or prairie, uh, sage habitat. Just put sage habitat. I think sage habitat helps. Everything. Yeah, Yeah, really everything. Yeah. And again, that probably should be number one, but we're not doing this as priority. Stop doing that. And another thing that we need to do, which is going to make a noise, irk some people off, is kill all the rattlesnakes ever. Kill them all. They're native. Kill them all. They're native. Kill them all. What are you doing? I dropped, I think, the lid in here. We can, we okay. can get it later, Yeah, maybe. we'll get it later. Okay. Isn't that the lid on the back of it? So it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Sage-grouse question. All right, number five. Let's make it the Magambo, because we got to stop and go to... Go, go, go. Piano. The note I have is kill the wall. Kill Write that down. The wall? The yeah. wall. Trump's wall. Although, Trump. 10 years ago. On number six? Uh, number five. Magambo means the really big one. You could put Magambo and then like a colon and then say kill the wall. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, 10 years ago, it was called Bush's Wall. and But, yeah, it's, although he didn't really put a lot of effort into getting it built. But it's one of the dumber ideas people have ever come up with. It's basically making, it's like ghettoizing. It's like doing what 
the British did Northern Ireland in the like sixties and or fifties, whatever, where they just build these huge walls that segregate populations. And, and it so it's is pretty much definitely not an American idea. We're like that's the thing. In the fifties, we took down the Berlin Wall, and that was well, like a big 80s. thing. Eighties, yeah. It, okay, and that was like a big thing, and now we're building a wall. Yeah, we're now we're building a wall. It's very stupid. I'm tired and my brain's starting to hurt, so let's get the show on the road so I can <laughs> get piano. All right. Yeah, I think it's perfect timing. All right. So, anybody have any final questions or thoughts? No. All right. If y'all, any of y'all want to holler at me for saying we should stop Trump's wall, uh, please do so on, at, uh, at wilderness underscore law. But you still always be wrong. Yep, and at and wilderness underscore law on Instagram and the Wilderness Law Podcast on Facebook. And do you remember the website, Jojo? Wilderness Law. You all. You all. You all. You all. That's not a anything. Okay, all right. Thanks for listening. Say bye. Toodles.